Hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today to Off the Bench. Today is Monday, November the 9th. It's Mailbox Monday today, and I've got a whole bunch of questions to uh, get to for you guys today, including a couple of you who have left voicemail messages for me. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So I hope you guys are doing good. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just start just launching into your questions today. I really appreciate you guys leaving questions for me over at iTunes. If you guys would like to have your question answered, the best way to do that is to go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash Mailbox Monday. You can find the form there to fill out. Please be sure, keep your questions short and sweet and to the point. Also, you can leave me a voicemail. And today we're going to go ahead and start with a couple of those voicemails. I will link back to that at anchor.com. So if you'd rather leave a voicemail than fill out a form, there's a way for you to do that as well. You have about 60 seconds to do it. So you're going to want to say your question probably as quickly as you can. Also wanted to let you know, obviously today being Monday, this is a brand new week for the Bible study at MomStrong International. And we are going through just jumping into some pretty important aspects of the book of Revelation. And it's not too late for you to join us. It's absolutely not too late to get in on the scripture writing challenge. And you can find that at momstronginternational.com. All right. First question comes from Jessica. Let's listen to it. And then I'll answer the question. Hi, Heidi. My name is Jessica and um, I just really enjoy your podcast. Um, I find it really encouraging sometimes sit and talk with (laughs) my friends about this, but I feel much better when I just sit and listen to you. So I'm just calling because I'm wondering, what do you do with your kids? Do you just go out and about as normal? We don't have very many places to go with restaurants and such being so restrictive, but I have begun taking my kids with me to the grocery again. And recently we were berated by a little old lady who looked my son in the face and told him that his mother's putting him in danger. So I'm just curious about at what point does my cure become the problem, worse than the problem? Um, should I leave my kids at home? Or is that just another way of giving in? Um, so I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Thank you for your podcast. So, wow. Jessica, first of all, let me just say uh, how sad I feel be- for you and for all of us, because these are questions I get all the time here at the podcast. People who are rude to our children. I told you guys at a six foot three man Uh, berate my nine-year-old daughter not too long ago. And you're right, it is scary. And everybody has, you know, we all have to make decisions about this stuff right now, right? So if I don't have a fight left in me, I'm probably going to leave my kids at home. If I've got a very sensitive child, I'm probably going to leave that child at home. Although my nine-year-old, she was probably the most tender-hearted of all seven of our kids. And it just so happened that that day, She got yelled at by this guy. And you know what? It turned into a really good teaching opportunity. Part of me thinks, I mean, you've got to do what's right for your kids and just ask the Lord, be leaning into the Holy Spirit. Part of me thinks this is toughening our kids up a little bit. And it's good that we're there when it happens. And so we can explain to our kids, wow, there's evil in the world. There are angry people. People are afraid. This is how they respond when they're afraid. We're seeing fear uh, absolutely grip the culture right now. But I would say, you know, no matter what you do, whether you decide to take your kids or whether you don't, if they're old enough to understand what's happening, have the conversation. 
you know, I've been saying this for a long time at the podcast, you know, God didn't give us a spirit of fear and yet that's what we see. And at the time of this recording, they're still doing the recount. So I don't know where the, where the election stands, but I can tell you right now that the forces of darkness in this country are gaining ground and the church has been asleep for too long. And part of the sleepiness of our church has resulted in the fact that we have not trained our children in righteousness. So I'm not saying, you know, sit your three-year-old child down and talk about the evils of the world. But if you've got a child who's the age of my child, you know, my nine-year-old, she can definitely handle the conversation about the Rona and the position that her father and I have taken and why we think it's not right to participate in the the scamdemic, the wearing of masks and all these other things. And so I, I think, you know, I, I basically, I just want to, to, uh, commiserate with you a little bit because I understand the position that you're in. I don't think there's a right or a wrong answer to it, but I would ask you to really lean into the Holy Spirit. He will let you know at just the right time under no uncertain uncertain circumstances, rather, what it is that you need to do. All right. Next question comes from Paula. Let's go ahead and listen to her question. Hi, Heidi. My name is Paula. I just want to thank you for being such a bold and godly woman. Um, You're inspiring. And my question is, do you think that this mask-wearing baloney will be over if Donald Trump wins the presidential election? Just curious to know what you think about that. Thanks. So that's a great question. And a month ago, I would have said, absolutely, the mask hysteria will be over. Uh, Unfortunately, and you heard, uh, you know, Dr. Held say this a couple of days ago, the fear now is so deeply entrenched into the culture. We have been trained in the public schools to comply. We're very compliant people. We don't want to fight. Uh, our, Our founding fathers were not compliant. And uh, I would have thought that we weren't as compliant as we are. And so do I think that if Trump wins the election, the mask thing is going to just disappear? No, I don't. I think we're going to have to uh, stand up against it. I think it's going to require, I think there are going to be lawsuits. Uh, I'm hoping that the people who care about freedom in this country and who have the ability to uh, start filing lawsuits against governors in these states, uh, particularly in states like California and Washington, you know, we've just reelected most one of the most tyrannical governors in the whole nation, Jay Inslee, who's the head of Washington state now, for whatever reason, you know, do I think there's voter fraud? There's either voter fraud or there's uh, voters who are just so uninformed and so uh, indoctrinated into leftist ideology that they don't understand that their freedoms are being taken from them. I don't really know, but I definitely don't think that the mask the masquerade is going to be over anytime soon. I can't even believe this. You guys, we're well into November now and we're still dealing with this stuff. It's just, uh, it's sad. It's really sad, but I'm going to encourage you to to continue to stand. All right. These are some questions that came into the form at Mailbox Monday. Again, if you guys want to have your question addressed at the podcast, you just need to go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash Mailbox Monday. And I'm going to see if I can put the link for the voicemail there also. Um, let me see if I can work on that, but I will also link separately to that voicemail that's done through anchor.fm 
and uh, it's a great way for you to get a hold of us. All right, this letter comes from Carrie. She said, Dear Heidi, many in our homeschool group listen to your podcast. Uh, recently, you did a podcast with Rick Green called A Republic, If You Can Keep It, and it's hitting home with all of us. Thank you, Carrie. She said, my husband and I run a homeschool co-op that meets on Wednesdays in Southern California. Last March, we went online thinking it would be two weeks to flatten the curve. But by May, our families wanted in-person fellowship and hands-on learning with their homeschooling friends. And honestly, Carrie, let me just interject right here and say, uh, that's what you're supposed to be doing, right? We were created for relationship. Uh, The Rona is a scam. You guys have been hearing me say this forever. I believe in the virus, but how we're handling it is completely backward and wrong. So I'm glad to see you uh, talking about it that way. She said, my husband and I decided that we would open up for in-person classes in September, no matter what, and spent all summer figuring out how to make it happen. Before we started our learning sessions, that's what we call them now. So Governor Mussolini can't uh, call us a school with classes. Some, quote, concerned persons in our homeschool community reported us to the health department. My husband spoke with the health department and we got the okay to meet as long as we followed protocol. So in September, when we finally started meeting in person, the signs were everywhere, but our families told uh, our families were told we would honor the CDC exceptions. We assumed if a child or parent was not wearing a mask, they had a health exception. It is not my husband's or my place to pry and ask, nor are we going to make someone wear a mask. That's that's the right attitude to take, Carrie. Well, within three weeks, another concerned homeschooler reported us again to the health department. And by God's grace, we we're on break. So no one was there when they arrived to check on us. And we were not cited. Like you said in your podcast with Rick Green, this is war. And it's turning even the homeschool community against each other. It is a spirit of fear and division. So here's the question. Do you have any advice on how to deal with the anonymous concerned snitchers in the homeschool community and advice on how to continue to meet in person for the families who want it? My husband and I intend to meet no matter what. We feel strongly about this, but any advice on how to move forward and what to do for a fine would be greatly appreciated. All right. So Carrie. I appreciate your letter. One thing that you guys need to understand is, first of all, I'm I'm under the impression that Governor Newsom, or Newsolini as we like to call him, just lost in court. I do not believe these things are going to stand up in court. And the more doctors will come out and talk about the Rona and how devastating the lockdowns are and how unnecessary the masks are and how social distancing is a joke and all these things, I think you're going to start to see victories happen in court. But to me, this is a hill that's worth dying on. And so, you know, we were advised by an attorney recently that if you are sued, just don't pay it. What are they going to do? You know, if they fine you, okay, we'll start we'll start uh, taking them to court. Another thing that you guys might want to consider, particularly those of you who are running uh, homeschool co-ops or homeschool ministries where you're having kids meet in person, you might want to consider having a meeting and get your people to sign a form that says, you know, hey, we believe in freedom. We're not going to ask people to uh, what their personal medical reasons are for not wearing a mask and get them to sign that those papers. You are always going to have these quote unquote concerned people. These are not people who are concerned. I promise you. I, I promise you, as God is my witness, I've seen this over and over again. We've seen it here where we live. Uh, we we had somebody, you know, a concerned citizen turn us in for our Faith That Speaks conference and we went ahead and did it. And so they're not concerned. They're just vindictive. These are people that really like the authority and like the power. And uh, and so I agree with you. I think it would be a good idea for you to have a meeting, maybe do it in your home with, with your parents. I wouldn't have the students come to that and say, listen, we've got to make a decision. And I want to know if you guys have concerns, let's hear it and have the conversation 
And then I would move forward with people who are like-minded. As much as you can, move forward with people who are like-minded. All right, I'm praying for you, Carrie. Uh, This comes from from a a listener who I'm going to allow to remain anonymous. Uh, She says, my daughter, who is 15, has said that she is bisexual. She is very adamant that last October she gave her life to Christ and that just a couple weeks ago she had rededicated her life to Christ. I see her engaging in worship at church. And I know that God is in her, but how do we reconcile this? I don't know how to deal with it. All right, sweet mama. So this is, this is really important. You cannot reconcile unrepentant sin with a regenerated heart. In other words, a person who really is saved. The Bible is very clear on the sin of homosexuality. Marriage is between a man and a woman, and sex inside of marriage is the only kind of sex that God Uh, approves of because that's how he designed us to be. He is the creator. And so if you have a 15 year old daughter who's telling you that she is bisexual, there are all kinds of, there are all manner of things that we struggle with in this life, right? Some of us struggle with bisexual feelings. Some of us struggle with homosexuality. Some of us struggle with obesity, you know, overeating. Some of us struggle with uh, greed or jealousy. You know, I could sit here right now and give you five things off the top of my head that I struggle with personally. But just because I struggle with something doesn't make it doesn't make it okay. I'm not going to give myself a pass because I think this is how I was made or, you know, this is inside of me, right? If your daughter's struggling with being bisexual, I think it's a good idea for you to talk her through that. Let her know, look, the struggle is real because we live here, but how we live that out and how we uh, respond to uh, a sexual desire that we know to be in direct conflict with God's word, God will not bless if we act out those feelings and we act on those emotions. And so it's really, it begins to be just a matter of prayer. So I wouldn't deny that your daughter's feeling that way. Honestly, if she's in a public school anywhere, get her out. The public schools are absolutely pushing this on our kids. I've never seen anything like it. That's the real pandemic. So, um, but I would have a conversation. She's not too young to have that conversation and say, listen, sweetheart, I love you. And you're telling me that you're having feelings that you are a bisexual. And I just want to tell you, I love you so much. Continue to tell her that you love her. But living in unrepentant sin, if she's saying, this is what I am, this is how I self-identify. And I also self-identify as a Christian. Those two things are incompatible. Once we decide we're just going to give into those, to that sin and it becomes the master over us, we are treading in very, very, very uh, deep water. So she needs to know God's love for her. I would read to her out of Romans. God is very clear in human sexuality, but he also says, listen, I came to set you free and God wants to set her free from it. Just like God wants to set Heidi St. John free from the things that trip me up. And there are things that trip me up. And so uh, it's a matter of constantly, as long as we live on on this earth, saying, Lord, help me. Um, I'm struggling with my, I'm struggling with my sin nature and praise God. He understands and he wants to help us. And so I, I think probably that's where I would take it. So hang in there, sweet mom, hang in there with your kid. Don't stop praying. I wrote a book called prayers for the battlefield. You guys might really enjoy it. You can get it anywhere that books are sold. And that book is divided into four or five, no, five, I think different categories of different, um, seasons of battlefield that we are on as parents and what God's word says there, they have devotions. Uh, I'm incorporating scripture into a prayer at the end of each of those devotions. I think you'll really enjoy it. Prayers for the battlefield. I'll link back to it in the show notes today. I think I might really encourage you. All right. Next question comes from Becca. Hey girl, how you doing? She wrote, hi, Heidi. What a joy and encouragement you are to our family. Thank you for speaking truth day in and day out. I love hearing your heart 
every day. Thank you, Becca. I really appreciate that. I know you talk about masks multiple times a week on your podcast. Right, Becca, can you even believe we're even talking about it? It's just, anyway, uh, she goes on to say, it grieves me. I wore one for about a week or two in the beginning, but haven't put one on since. I've been called selfish and considerate and dumb for not looking at the quote science behind it. My husband and I recently had a meeting with a pastor of our church because even though the churches are exempt in the state of Indiana, our pastor is requiring it until we enter the sanctuary and start the service because the Rona will not get you in the sanctuary. I get it. Okay. After agreeing to disagree and saying that uh, that I am not, quote, obeying authority, uh, we have decided to stop attending. Then shortly after, the preschool director of my children's private school decided to reach out and have a meeting regarding me not wearing a mask when I pick up my child. The preschool is also exempt from the mayor's mandate. After realizing that I had done my homework on the, quote, science, she quickly redirected and uses, used an emotional argument for wearing masks. In other words, people have high risk. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. I responded with, well, I was abused as a child and I will not wear one. Eventually she agreed to allow me to enter the building, but of course not without disclosing that information to her. Yeah. So Becca, this stuff, this is terrible. And at the end of her letter, she says, uh, she says, I'm just so tired. I'm worn down. I know this fight is not flesh and blood, but I'm tired of explaining myself. How do you do it? How do you not just throw your hands up and say, I'm done and just stay home with your babies and grandbabies. Um, so it, you know what, Becca, this is hard. It is hard. And uh, some of you guys, you know, have mistaken me for a very, very brave person. I told you, you know, I struggle with panic disorder and anxiety for my entire life. And uh, there are many times when I go into the grocery store and I'm literally, my hands are sweating, my knees are knocking. I, I just want to go in and get a few groceries and go home. And I'm sick and tired of ordering everything on Amazon. And so I, I want to acknowledge that this is really hard. And then I also want to say, I think it's worth the fight. I think truth is always worth fighting for. I think freedom is always worth fighting for. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of us have left our churches. We don't, you know, I, I, I would be, you know, I'm just going to encourage you. I'd pull my kid out of a preschool. She doesn't need preschool. Can I just say that? Is, is anybody listening? Don't get mad. I, I think preschool is completely unnecessary. And I'd be totally say, you know what? I love you guys. My daughter doesn't actually need preschool. And so I'm going to pull her out because she doesn't. And Becca, I promise you, you could do a better job with your kid in preschool than the preschool will ever do. And so uh, I think that there's a point in which it's worth, um, disengaging. You know, if I, if I need to go to the store and I'm just completely worn out, or I think I'm just going to burst into tears if one more person says one more thing to me, I might be inclined to put a mask on. I wore a mask to uh, Costco. I haven't been there since March on election day with my Trump 2020 mask. <laughs> just thought that was the only thing that made me feel okay about wearing a mask. Cause I could make a, a big fat statement with it, but uh, this is rough. And so talk to the Lord, ask him to help you. God did not give us a spirit of fear. This is not from the Lord. And then stay in the word. I hope you're doing the Bible study with me. There's so much encouragement in the book of Revelation, even though we're going through some pretty hard things right now, even in the study, you know, as we're watching, uh, we're watching, you know, and reading about the letters to the seven churches and now getting into the sixth seal, the seal judgments of the tribulation. I am telling you what, the theme that runs through Revelation is hope because God wins this thing. And me knowing that says, you know what? I can stand for righteousness and for truth until the Lord comes back. And that's what this is about. So be encouraged, Becca. I know you're tired. You know, sometimes I just want to drop my sword and cry for just a while. 
And I think it's okay to do that. And if that's what you need to do today, that's okay. And then put your armor back on, trust the Lord, you belong to him. Next question comes from Tammy. She says, how do we continue? Why do we continue to fight when we know that ultimately God comes back? All the chaos has been a sign of the end times. Are we just, quote, buying time like another four years? I know there's a logical answer, but I have been asked so many, but I have asked so many and have yet to hear a confident answer. At times it seems pointless since we know the rapture and tribulation will happen. All right, you're right, Tammy, in some regards, I think it can feel pointless, but if your child was diagnosed with a stage four cancer right now, what would you do? You would do everything in your power to fight for the life of your child. And since we don't know the day or the hour, I don't know if it's a hundred years from now or four years from now or four months from now or four days from now that the Lord's going to come back. Uh, but until he does, I'm going to fight for righteousness. I'm going to fight for freedom. If the rapture is not a hundred years from now, do I want my kids and my grandkids living under this tyrannical uh state that we find ourselves in? No, I don't want that. And so I don't think it's pointless. We are called to stay on the battlefield, engage until the Lord comes back. We don't know when he's coming. We just know that he is. And we're called to stand until he comes. And so it's not pointless. Just like it's not pointless, you would do everything in your power to find a cure if your child was sick. And I think the same thing is true uh, as we consider where we're moving in the culture. And yes, we're moving toward the return of the Lord Jesus. But since we don't know the day or the hour, we need to stay engaged, stay on the battlefield and fight for freedom and fight for truth and share the gospel because the gospel is hope. The gospel is healing. The gospel is the answer. So I hope that encourages you guys. I'm out of time today and I had a couple more I wanted to get to. So I'm going to come back on Tuesday and I'm going to continue answering some of your questions and just encouraging you from the word of God. I know because I'm seeing these questions come in fast and furious over at Mailbox Monday that you guys are hurting right now. I, I recognize that. Uh, we're kind of tired over here, if I'm honest, and uh, we're going to keep praying for each other. You guys lean in to what you know is true about the Lord. This is why I'm so excited about having you study the Bible with me. Lean into what we know is true about the Lord. Get into his word. Pray with your children. Study to show yourself an approved workman who doesn't need to be ashamed, who can rightly divide the word of God. And then trust him. Trust him. Nurture your marriages. Nurture your marriages. Uh, lean into what God is doing. And uh, trust him because he is coming back. He is going to make things right. And you can trust him with every aspect of your life, even in the midst of this uncertainty, even in the midst of the craziness uh, with Rona and our elections and all that stuff. We are still sons and daughters of the King of Kings, joint heirs with Jesus. Joint heirs, you guys, one day we're going to go home. And I don't know about you, but I am living for that day. Thanks for thanks for so much for uh, listening. You guys, we really appreciate your financial support here at the podcast. Uh, we will link back to donor box. These are ways that you can um, uh, really support this ministry and uh, support the work that we're doing here. If it's been an encouragement to you, that would certainly be an encouragement to us. And again, we appreciate your prayers and your willingness just to engage by leaving reviews at iTunes, uh, by sending us cards and letters in the mail. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can uh, reach me at Heidi St. John, care of the Heidi St. John podcast, 11100 Northeast 34th Circle, Vancouver, Washington. 98682. We love you guys. Hang in there. It's worth it. God is still on his throne and he loves you so much. We love you too. And I'll see you back here tomorrow.
For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.